0: Hey everyone, it's Brianna And this is Gwen And you're listening to The Page Turner -turner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Page Turner As always, I'm Brianna And I'm Gwen Uh, We hope you guys are having an excellent April so far Yeah And we all know what happened at the beginning of April April Fools (laughs) So because we cannot play a prank on you guys we're instead going to read uh some of our favorite library jokes
1: (laughs) Gwen you want to go first? Sure um so what do you call a nervelet nerveless (laughs) javelin thrower? Take two. Okay um what do you call a nervous javelin thrower? I don't know Gwen what? Shakespeare. Ha.
0: <laughs> that one made me laugh, William. Really. That was a good one. Um, and then this next one, what do you call a girl in a library? I don't know. What? Page turner. But um <laughs> <laughs> We got really excited when we read that one because as you guys know, our podcast is called The Page Turner. <laughs> so yeah. Let us know your best jokes. Leave comments on the website. What is your favorite joke to tell? Bonus points if it's library related.
1: <laughs> or um, literary themed. It doesn't have to be <laughs> specifically to Yes, library. that's
0: true. That's true. We don't want to limit you guys. <laughs> um, but <laughs> let's get into what you guys came here for. Oh, and that was our page perspective in case you couldn't tell. So what did we read this month?
1: Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson So that's a YA novel Yes
0: Um, You guys might have heard of Brandon Sanderson He's a very popular fantasy and sci-fi writer Mm -hmm. He has books in adult and in Wi-Fi (laughs) Wi-Fi And (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi And in He's quite advanced
1: I suppose you could get them over (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi
0: And in YA is what I meant
1: (laughs) He also does juvenile books as well
0: Oh, okay, yeah So he's all over the map He's one of those amazing people like Patterson James Patterson stuff Where they just Not quite
1: on that level But yeah, he is pretty prolific He
0: dips his toe in To every uh, genre Every age group, I should say Yeah so a little bit about the author. He went to Brigham Young University, mm-hmm. actually, um, and he has a series that is how long?
1: Oh, well, it's not that long yet. It's only on <laughs> book three, but, it like, eventually it will be ten book series, and these books are, like... He does not write tiny books. 700 pages or so. <laughs> They're thick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and capital letters, yeah. thick. Yeah. And they supposed to be, like, 11 or something?
1: Um, No, so it'll be 10 at the end of it, and it's going to be, like, in two parts. So the first one is five, and the second one is five, but it is set in this one world. Wow. Um, And it's part of his Cosmere universe, like, books. Mm-hmm. They are not specifically connected, but they are in the same universe. So they're, like, different worlds in the same universe, and they're just... He connects them Mm -hmm. in sneaky ways sometimes. Oh, I
0: I do kind of like that. If I'm really into an author and I find out, for me, it's Stephen King, that a lot of his books connect in certain ways, but subtly, I love that.
1: His, like, he has one character that is as far as I know, in every one of his Cosmere series, like, somewhere. <laughs> like, so it's it's really fun. And also, I think, as you guys can tell, I like this author. <laughs> um, I think he does really good sci-fi fantasy. Like, mm-hmm. his ideas, the basic outline, they're not that original. But, like, the places he puts them are really interesting. Adds a little new. bit
0: of a unique perspective and twist to yeah. things.
1: And he does one thing that I think he does it very well, and mm-hmm. that's, like setting up dominoes, as I say. Mm, Yes, I can see that. And, like, doing those twists at the end. And I'm one of those people that, like, I'm constantly thinking when I'm (laughs) reading something, so... A lot of the time, authors can't surprise me because I'm like, uh, obviously, this character is going to turn out to be this because of this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, he has on more than one occasion surprised me. Wow. So yeah. that always
0: feels really good when yeah. a book just like blindsides you and like yeah. you know, like I had no idea. So the book we read, Still hurt is book one in the Reckoners series.
1: Yes, um, which is not part of the Cosmere.
0: No, and it's YA. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're going to get into our non-spoilery section. So, again, this is for everyone that wants a little bit of a taste and a little bit of info about the book Mm -hmm. and what we thought, but without getting spoiled. Yeah. In case you want to read it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, we're going to start with um, a quick two-second description. Um, an event called calamity happens, something appears in the sky, and then all of a sudden, human beings now have these powers. Not all of them. Yeah, sorry, thank you, not all of them. But they are so overpowered in different ways that a lot of the bad ones decide to take over the whole cities. Yeah. And the city with the strongest epic, is what they're called, is sh- Chicago. But now it's called Newcago, <laughs> because it's a dawn of a new day. And there's people working to overthrow um, these epics and try to get the world back as they know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: Steelheart is the name of the epic that took over Chicago. Yes,
0: yes. And yeah, so that is just a little bit of a (laughs) teaser. What would you rate this book?
1: I would give it like 3.5, 3.8. It's definitely not the best book he's ever written. Mm -hmm. i like, I haven't read them all, but... It's not the best book that he's ever written, and it has some interesting ideas. I enjoyed the new take on superheroes, Mm -hmm. but, like, some of the themes were a little boring. uh, Well, not boring, but, like, predictable. Mm -hmm. Very kind of outlining
0: it, almost. Like, you could be like, what will make a a YA book that'll catch someone's attention right let's go through the kind of same basic formula
1: yeah and like some of the characters weren't terribly fleshed out which is not surprising it's a short book mm-hmm. especially considering Sanderson like writes yeah super long books but yeah I would say 3.5 for me it, mm-hmm like it's it was on par with um, six of crows six of crows for which
0: me. was a five star read six of crows was <laughs> for me nothing can compare no other YA book I've read could compare to the brilliance of six of crows um, <laughs> but I would also do a 3.5 I loved the twists in this book mm-hmm. like you were talking about the way he sets up things in the dominoes fall I was way impressed um, I wasn't concentrating as hard on trying to figure out the ending or kind of figuring out the reveals. So while I knew there was something going on and I had kind of half-formed theories, mm-hmm. I wasn't so focused. So when they were revealed, I was like, that's quite brilliant, actually. Yeah. My complaint is the same. A lot of the characters felt very generic. And I, the my least favorite character was the main character. Yeah. So having to read from his perspective you know, it was kind of frustrating a lot of times, but I think that the ideas he came out with were unique in their own way. So I would say 3.5, but, he, I, and it's a, almost a bummer because I feel like it could have been like a four, four and a half, but there were just so many things he didn't feel brave enough to be Yeah. unique enough in that it just, another generic kind of um booking that were good.
1: Yeah, and like I'm not sure how much of this is because it's YA. I haven't read any of his other YA ones except I think Mistborn, sorry. <laughs> Mistborn is uh, a YA. Really?
0: Oh, I did not know that. Because I've, I've heard about the Mistborn book, yeah. but I and thought like, it was adult.
1: I would give that one maybe a four. And well, I would give the series a four. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. give the first book a four. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if I would give each individual book a four, but his thing is setting up the dominoes. So all together, they work pretty well.
0: Yeah, and the thing about, like, YA is not to hope on YA or anything like yeah. that. I've actually I used to be an adult that was very against reading YA mm-hmm. and last year I f- read a lot of good YA books. Yeah. That it were kind of more on the outskirts. They weren't very well, other than Six of Crows, which is very popular. Yeah. They fair. weren't the were ones that weren't very well heard of, so they're not in people's libraries a lot of time. Um, they've really impressed me. But there is I think a tendency, but I think also for any popular genre, like mystery, mm-hmm. there's a tendency for the same kind of formula because you know it's popular like -hmm. Like, I'm sure you know James Patterson has written hundreds of books and it's just like the same I don't I don't think they're all unique yeah (laughs) there's no way it's not possible yeah um and so in terms of the YA version of
1: that formula exactly it did
0: suffer from that
1: yeah it's it's hard to say like would it have been a better book if he had written it for adults would he have felt more open to like Mm -hmm. going to those places if it was for adults maybe but he's the only series where i've ever seen him really take like risks was his way of kings And you said that's really popular, right? It is very, it's pretty popular. The only issue with it is it's very, like, those are his very thick books. So a (laughs) lot of people, like, don't pick it up because it looks scary. It's intimidating. It is.
0: And that's such a risk-reward thing, too, right? So if I invest this much time when I could have finished three other books, and I don't like it, Mm -hmm. like, Ugh, like, that's not going to make you want to pick up another big book, but especially by that author. Yeah. That so might not, you know. Right. You'll need a lot of time to recoup. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. But anyway, I don't know. I feel like he as an author, might play it a little bit safer than other authors would. I And I definitely agree. Um, but I feel like his ideas are really cool, and the way he sets things yeah. up is really cool. And there's at some point where
0: in order to use the great idea that you yeah. had, you have to not follow the same formula because that's so restricting. Yeah. Um, you can do the whole basic... Um, main character likes this character, good versus evil. You can still do all those same really amazing themes, mm-hmm. but spin it on its head a little bit.
1: Yeah. And do it in a
0: different way. Um, and I
1: think the reason, you know, why we both didn't give it like a four or five is because he didn't do that. He didn't,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so stay tuned for later when we talk really in depth about the book because there's so many things we do want to talk about that we love and didn't like so yeah stay tuned but um, before we do that though we have a couple things we want to read our favorite quotes from the book
1: so Gwen you want to go first sure so this is a quote it's kind of towards the end of the book so this is one character named Abraham who's one of my favorite characters talking to the main character he walked over to me and knelt on one knee Live, David, he said softly. Live your life. I'm doing that, I grumbled. No, you're letting Steelheart live your life for you. He controls it each step of the way. Live your own life, he patted my shoulder.
0: And David is the main character yeah, that we follow.
1: The infuriating one. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's a bit of a
0: frustrating pro- ta- protagonist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a good quote. I do remember that scene because it's like everyone has their reasons for wanting to take down Steelheart. Yeah. And it's, like, almost, how do you live well in a dystopian? Because you don't want to just be another cog in the machine. Yeah. But if your goal is to take down the dystopian world, that almost has to be life. So... Yeah. But how do you balance that? I know. know? Balance. David spent his whole life, you know, wanting to take down for his own reasons. And that's all he's done. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. And then mine is, they're having kind of the same conversation, sort of, about... They have a plan, David and the group that he's with, to take down Hurt, where they want to. And they're thinking, well, if we take down this guy who runs the city, aren't we going to hurt people? Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the characters says, you can't be so frightened of what might happen that you are unwilling to act. And that's, oh, that's such a good quote. And right? there's little nuggets of this throughout the book that are such good gems. <sighs> Yeah, and you're like, okay, cool. And then something happens with generic, and you're like, oh, Anderson, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now, keep it going. I know. Um, Yeah, so that's another really great take that someone's ruling a city, and you take him down, and, you know, the normal civilians who are just trying to survive, how are they supposed to live without even the scraps that Mm -hmm. the dystopian rulers were giving them? Yeah. Yeah, so, real quick, if you this book does sound interesting so far to you or even you kind of want to read something like it but something that's not exactly the same thing we Mm -hmm. both have recommendations and I'm kind of cheating a little because one I love this book which we only recommend Recommend ones we love, so, um, but cheating because we already reviewed this book, Yeah, and that is the Pendragon series, and this is in the kids section of our library here at the Los Gatos Library, but it definitely is for older kids, so like middle school students, those on the cusp of getting into YA, mm-hmm. um, and it follows a young boy on his journey through fantasy worlds, taking down a being um that has a plan to destroy, you know, all 12 universes. And I just love it. It was so good. It was m- my favorite book from my childhood. Yes, even more than Harry Potter. And so that's my recommendation. What's yours going?
1: Mine is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Oh, okay. That is in the adult section, but it could be read by teens. It's, mm-hmm. there's nothing like ugh, in it. Uh-huh. Um but it has kind of that dystopian feel but this um young-ish girl goes and falls kind of into another world mm. like a like a mirror world almost there are a certain number of different kinds of londons they're all in different worlds oh that's cool yeah it's really <laughs> interesting um and she finds herself not in her london anymore Ooh. so yeah there is sci- like it's more fantasy Mm -hmm. Then this one is This one's more superheroes And that one's more like magic But it has a lot of similar Like it has like that tone Mm -hmm. That kind of like dystopian tone But you know
0: yeah. Oh cool Well, So yeah uh, those are our recommendations to you guys And now it's time for The spoilery section So like we always say run away Throw your phone across the room um, Quickly hit the stop button or the pause button if this is at all a book you want to read and you cannot stand spoilers turn away just now Mm. so give you a couple seconds but yeah so here we go um so first of all what are steelheart's powers and why is he
1: so So, difficult to take down so many powers i guess we'll start with the reason he's called steelheart oh yes he has the ability to turn like non-living objects into steel yes so, actually, like, first thing in this book he does is, like, turn Chicago to steel. Yes. Yeah. And actually part of the lake that is next to Chicago and takes down the bank, turns everything to steel. And it's one of the reasons he's called Steelheart. Yeah. Um, another power is you can't hurt him. Mm-hmm. Nobody can hurt him. Like, no weapon can hurt him. Like, people have shot him. People have tried to blow him up. People have tried to stab him. Nothing works. And every epic
0: has a weakness. Yes. It could be as unique as if you see a certain thing, a certain symbol even, they talked about yeah. one point, then you, you become weakened. And then your powers either no longer work or if you kind of have a strong exterior, it's made weak.
1: Yeah, so it, it kind of neutralizes you. It makes you human. It,
0: yeah, and David, the main character, has spent his whole life studying a group of people that aim to take down... The Reckoners. The, the epics. And they're, Yeah, they're yeah, called, they're the, called Reckoners. the Reckoners. And so he interferes one of the missions, helps them, and he gets to join the crew temporarily. And he ends up earning their trust in various ways. And they plan to take down Steelheart and his groupies.
1: And yeah, so he's a, obsessed
0: yeah. with epics. Yeah, the
1: main character. he yeah. spent his entire life studying them and like finding their.
0: When he was little, him and his dad were in a bank, and Steelheart kil- killed his dad, but not before his dad um, got a shot off on Steelheart and, and made him actually, bleed. Actually,
1: like. Hurt him. Yeah.
0: So there's this fun mystery of like, what is Steelheart's weakness? Yeah. I can take him down. I'm the one who's seen him bleed. Because the epics guard their weaknesses like
1: really. Yeah. Carefully.
0: They'll go to extreme lengths to hide them. Yeah. No mercy for people and none. So then this would be a good time to talk about the characters. All kind of felt like carbon cutouts of characters, but but mm. kind of like they weren't awful, but they were pretty they weren't fully formed so there was hints of interesting aspects there but they never felt fully real to me
1: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) they didn't but i did like megan so megan's one of them and she you can tell she in the future is going to be the love interest for the main character was like immediately yeah (laughs) and um so it was really frustrating um we both really didn't like the main character not at all every time he thinks of megan talks to her it's always about her looks. It's always kind of, I would say, kind of inappropriate in certain ways. Yeah. And that made me kind of
1: angry. Yeah. I was like, is this really how, like, teenage guys think? Yeah. Like, is that real? Because if it is, I'm mad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's one thing to show your interest, but I don't think he had to be presented that way. He didn't. Like, you didn't need to present, you know. It became off creepy. Yeah. It did. And... So that was, you know, one of the reasons. Another reason is he, every time he does a plan, things go wrong. Or he interviews with he interferes with the way the Reckoners do stuff, and that's dangerous. Like they're doing life or death missions, but yeah. it's okay because he ends up being right or his plan works in the end.
1: Yeah, though I will say I did like how um, Prof. I always called him Professor in my head. He at one point talks to David and it was like, "Okay, oh, you yes, can thank do this." But if you hurt my people, I'm going to come for you.
0: Yeah, which was good that someone finally said it. But in his head, he was still very arrogant in his plans. He didn't really take it to hurt. He just was, like, felt kind of scolded like a little kid. And when Megan, who's rightfully so upset with him about these dangers, he brushed it off as being, like, like whiny and be like, well, why doesn't she like me? Like, I haven't done anything to her. He was a very
1: frustrating character. And, like i've read problematic or not the most sympathetic main characters before but for some reason like it was forgivable in them yeah i like a lot of characters that are the best yeah person. but like because i mean because it makes them more human yeah but like this was I, I don't know it was just so unrelatable for me yeah that i was just like oh Okay, this isn't making you human. This is making you just some like simply you're annoying. Yeah, Like yeah. I would not want you in my life. Yeah, exactly. And it's, here I am sitting in your brain. Yeah, and the whole book is <laughs> yeah.
0: in his brain. So that's the frustration. Um, but I Megan's awesome though. I really like Megan.
1: I think um, she's a good character. Yeah, she's a really great character. A so wh- little dialed in. What do you mean? I mean, like she's a little cliche. Yeah, in a way. Uh, at least. Like, from his perspective, From though, his perspective. She's
0: cliche, yeah, right? So, oh, she's a really cool woman that knows how to fight. And she can take care of herself,
1: and she doesn't take, like, anything from anyone. And yeah. Yeah, and I really like that, and it's amazing. But it all related back to how he perceived exactly. her, and it affected him. Exactly.
0: But all the parts that you get where she finds, like, you get to hear her speak more, and, hear, and give her thoughts over. Like, she's the reason... That, you know, we read our favorite quotes in the beginning. It's her that brings up the philosophical issue of if we take down Steelheart, we are hurting all the people that rely on his quote-unquote graciousness.
1: Well, yeah, because, like, in this world, and I guess we haven't talked about this yet because spoilers, but um, in this world, New Cargo, which is... Chicago is the most advanced civilization it's because still gets light. it still has electricity, electricity sorry, yeah. sewage like all of that and pretty much everywhere else is like a wasteland Oregon,
0: which she's from is a, is white there's nothing there's no
1: plants no trees yeah. no buildings no people so it's like yeah they're in like they're the lowest on the totem pole like humans now are just an epic could spur of the moment kill you for no reason and there will be no repercussion yeah it's just uh, it's just
0: an understanding that they rule yeah and that's the best way to keep everyone happy yeah
1: um but like you know it is that way in chicago too but you also have the benefit of having electricity having jobs having sewage so it's like more like healthy just to live in that city than it is anywhere else and so like she brings up the point of if we're if we take down steelheart if we uproot his rule and by like how we do that is by getting rid of half of those resources Mm -hmm. what's going to happen to the people who rely on those resources
0: yeah and so that was awesome and such a good point and that was one of the the best discussions and points brought up in the book. Yeah. So now we're going to say two very major, I know this is the spoilery section, we're going to say two <laughs> very major spoilers. One is Megan ends up being, so Steelheart runs with a crew, so the mm-hmm. the whole challenge is taking down his whole crew first. And one of them is a fire guy, and he's never seen up close, and it's figured out that he's actually just projecting an illusion. Yeah. He's not actually on fire all the time, he just projects that image. Uh, Of himself And they're trying to figure out Like There's no really good photographs Or any photographs Of what these people Look like up close And it turns out That Megan
1: Yeah Is
0: Firefight Yeah Which is
1: Amazing
0: Yeah yeah. Uh, You said You kind of called it Yeah
1: So Because I've read Sanderson stuff before I'm always just like Who's this Who's Uh this going on What are you Like you're up to something I know you are So I Called it uh, I knew, okay, so that scene in the elevator shaft. So they're hiding in the elevator
0: shaft, and someone looks down on them, and they don't see them.
1: Yeah. the scene in the elevator shaft, I was like, okay, she's definitely an epic. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't until they were talking about how Firefight wasn't a fire epic. He was, uh, like, an illusionist. And they don't really know, like they've never seen him or whatever, and they think it's this person, but they're not sure. And I'm just like, oh, it's her. It's got to be her because she's an illusionist. She hid them and like the handholds in the elevator shaft from they those made people, h- yeah, yeah. And like, I think one, like later in the book, she also did another Heidi thing that I was just like, mm, okay, now you're a yeah. firefighter. You're definitely firefighter because these types, like that second one, was really like. See, Advanced.
0: I, I just thought she must have hid them.
1: Like I thought them invisibility, okay. which
0: I just, I don't know if illusion is way less common to me. And I don't know about a fantasy, but yeah. my brain went to invisibility and not illusion. Okay. So yeah. I think it, those were the key differences of you connecting that. And, and also, I just was reading it as it came along. Yeah. Like, I was trying not too hard to think about the, the twists because I wanted to be thrown. Yeah. And I was.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I was still thrown. I yeah. was, like, the whole time I'm like, what is his weakness? What it has to be. Yeah. Like, I was pretty sure it was this one theory that, like, I had. And then... I was like, it could be this one. And it was yeah. not. Oh, my old. gosh. <laughs> that was great, too. So
0: Steelheart's weakness, which is the big, you know, big, yeah. big reveal, is he can only be harmed if someone's not afraid yeah. of, him. of him. And yeah. everyone's afraid of him. So um, David's dad... had. Still held onto the hope. There's a whole group of people that believe that um, these superhuman abilities are actually for humanity's greater good. And yeah. there's going to be good ones. Yeah. But so far there hasn't been. But he still believed that. So he wasn't afraid of Steelheart.
1: Yeah, because he thought at the time Steelheart was it like a sup- like a hero. Oh. Yeah, I was going to save them. Not a no. villain.
0: Yeah. So um, in the end, though, what I loved is that David, because he was afraid. Like, you yeah. can't turn that up. And I was expecting it to be a cheesy, like, I'm yeah. not afraid of you anymore moment. Yeah. And it wasn't. He tricked Steelheart into blowing himself up.
1: Because the one person who's not afraid of Steelheart is Steelheart. Steelheart.
0: (laughs) Right? Isn't that... The scene where he blows himself up is such a good scene. That was probably one of my favorite scenes of the book and it was amazing. Yeah. And, like, that was the uniqueness, the thing that spun itself on its head. Yeah. That... I was like, that's good writing, that's good twist, because the Megan thing happened like, a couple pages
1: earlier, you found out,
0: and you're like oh my gosh,
1: yeah, I was well, for you, like, you were like, mind blown I was like, yes, I got it oh, yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) so, you know, it's just like it's satisfying. I'm yeah. like proud of myself. I'm like, yeah. You should I got be a little it. pat in the back. <laughs> but that was really the only one that I go, like got spot on. The other ones I was like, okay, I mean I got close but yeah. I didn't actually get it. Yeah. And
0: what's funny is I I thought too it was gonna be some like love thing, like yeah. Your Dad just loved you so much, he protected you. But I always hate when those are the Reasons because all the hundreds of people that died before, like they have loved ones, yeah. Too. So I never really liked that. So I was happy it didn't turn out to be that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, really great plot twists, really great again, even for it being such a short book, it was kind of thorough,
1: yeah. Um, the world was very strong, yes, which is something he does well, except for in the Mistborn series, that was not. <laughs> but um, he does worlds very well And this world, I thought, was like I mean, yes, it was, you know, America But after Calamity Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so it was still a little so bit of it It was t- relying on that a little
0: bit Yeah, that's true, but, so a familiar landscape You yeah. didn't have to build too, too much Because we all know what a basic city yeah. or a typical big city in America is like Yeah But yeah, so if, those, if our excitement for the twists Yeah Right, so even though we didn't really love the characters the twists and everything are really worth reading. How they come together, yeah. And seeing, you know, if you do listen to sections, still want to read it. See if you can see the seeds, yeah,
1: of those throughout the book. I know, because like he puts them everywhere. Yes, like reflecting back, you can totally pick them up. Like I'm sure there's more that I missed. Yeah, that yeah. were like, of course, that would point to like this. Oh, I didn't even talk about the professor being an epic, the leader of this team. Who is like, sole purpose is to kill epics. And so everybody knows there are no epics in The Reckoners, except that nobody knows that the person who created The Reckoners is, is an, an epic. epic. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. Because I feel like it was a really interesting theme. You know, it was going off of the abs- like, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely, like mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, But it's really interesting that there are still kind of heroes, even though they're very corrupted. Like, they have their moments. Like, the professor, who's a hero trying to, like, bring back power to regular humans. And he has moments struggling. Whenever he uses his power, it corrupts him and makes him, like, really hate humans. Yeah,
0: and he gets... Very snippish yeah.
1: people. But, like, when he's not using his powers, he's a very nice person yeah. and, like, very understanding and very intelligent. And I thought that was a really interesting take on yeah. that sort of, like... I loved that thing. reveal, too.
0: And we yeah. don't have time to go into... We'll leave a little bit of mystery yeah. for about the professor and his powers yeah. and what that means. But that was really great, too. So, yeah, this, there's, there's some really great stuff in there. Yeah. Um, just a, needed a little bit stronger character... Uh, development and the main character's thoughts yeah. <laughs> were really not fun to read. <laughs> but yeah. But the but the mystery, the steel hug mystery oh, kept that me going. Awesome. That, yeah. And then the other I was expecting so many other reveals along the way. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, give it a try. Um as always, thank you for listening.
1: Mm-hmm. Um next time we'll be reading. Well next time we'll We're actually having a special episode with another page. Her name is Afsa. She just had a kid about like 14 months ago. Yes. She's a new mom. Yeah. So we're pulling her in here to like tell us about children's books and some of her favorites. And we'll read a few of them. And give a little review on some of them, and yeah, just talk about children's books. Yeah,
0: a little a little break from all the adults and YA books we talk about to do a yeah. little bit of a special segment, and maybe if you listeners out there have kids, um, they can give you some good recommendations. Yeah, and it's about time we had another guest. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, so well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe or write a review wherever you listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The Page-Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the Town of Los Gatos.